Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning. Every single week, we're bringing someone who's a phenomenal, obviously driven entrepreneur. We're getting their life and backstory and the lessons they learned along the way. This week, I have a pretty incredible guest. Uh, I've never had this type of guest in my life on this show. We're going on uh, going on our fourth year, um, hundreds of thousands of downloads on the podcast on demand. Thank you, America. Uh, of course, we're on live radio with you as well if you're listening in the car. And I've never had this guest before, someone that does this. We have a professional table tennis slash ping pong player, but he's also so much, he's not just a ping pong player. Um, Wally Green, he's a celebrity table tennis uh, pro. He grew up in the housing projects in Brooklyn, but you know, he's full of uh, growing up with gangs, violence all around, big part of his life. But today, he's changed his life. He changed the lives of all the people around him, the youth around him in the neighborhoods. And he's completely changed the sport of table tennis. Um, he's actually represented the U.S. in uh, all sorts of major international championships. Most recently, he was in North Korea as the only Westerner in the entire country who dared to participate. This is exciting. Um, he also owns New York's premier ping pong social club. It's a social club, bar, restaurant, um, giving lessons to people who, who want lessons. Uh, youth are coming in. Frontline workers are coming in. It's an amazing uh, thing he's got going on. Wally. I'm ready for you, man. Are you ready? Yes, definitely, definitely. Dude, tell me. Let's let's start at the beginning, if that's cool with you. I know you've probably told the story before, but um, talk to me about growing up in the projects. And I think what where I what I want to hear in this story is is the mindset of this. Of you know, when you're a kid, you're growing up. For me, I think the reality and the environment around us, kids, kind of it is what it is, right? If you grow up uh, in a poor village in Africa, you go, hey, I got sticks to play with, and it is what it is. You grow up in the projects, or you grow up in Beverly Hills in a mansion. Kids, I don't think we know necessarily that maybe it could be different. What was your mindset as a kid growing up in that kind of neighborhood? And did you see it like, I don't like this, it should be different, or was it, it is what it is? Talk to me about that. I think, so So for me, grow, growing up uh, in that neighborhood, um, the mindset part of what I didn't like was the domestic violence that I grew up with. So I had extreme domestic violence. And this is that, in your home? Yeah, in my home. So so my dad and my mom divorced at a very, very young age because I don't have any memory of them being together. I don't have a picture. I don't even know of them being together. So uh, she remarried and the person she remarried was an abuser. And uh, I knew that was wrong. Like I, I knew that was wrong because, you know, I, I used to see my mom cry all the time and get beat up all the time. And um, if if uh, I would be around, you know, I would get threatened. You know, what are you looking at and stuff like that? So that was the mindset that I had. Uh, and that mindset is what drove me to gangs. Now, being in the gang part and, and you know, carrying guns and, and doing all the crazy stuff we did, um, that I didn't think was uh wrong 
How old are you when this when you first start getting that? Is it a progressive thing or was it one day you you met someone? No, so 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 there's a, a funny story which gave me the the um balls to actually get into the gang. Um one day I, I was downstairs, I think I was like, I don't know, maybe eleven or twelve, and um some I had a bike and a kid took my bike from me. And I went upstairs crying to my mom, right? At this, at this point, at around 11, 12, I never got in a fight in my life. And, and I went crying to my mom and, and my mom just yelled at me. She said, where's your bike? And I said, oh, you know, the kid took it. My mom said, if you don't get your ass downstairs right now and go get that bike, I'm gonna kick your ass. And so I, I, I was more afraid of my mom than the kid. So I went downstairs and the kid still sitting there, which was crazy, like on my bike in front of my building. And I just punched him in the face, like, because I, I didn't want to get beat up for my mom, you know, or my stepfather. So I went punch this kid in his face and bring my back, bike back upstairs. And uh, from then I was like, yeah, man, now, you know. Just punch um, or get punched, right? Yeah. And then um, at 13, I, I joined the gang at 13 years old because like, I I found like I, I just I, I couldn't you know be in that atmosphere because I was always angry and and I had no outlet you know at thirteen to 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 get this aggression like I I wanted to legit kill my stepfather at thirteen like I, I it's crazy man because in my mind every day I was thinking of ways that I could end him like seriously at thirteen years old I remember yeah. going to the cabinet and taking his capsules, because he used to take some medication. And I would look at these capsules and say, what would happen if I took boric acid? Because you know, in the project, sometimes you have a lot of roaches and stuff like that, right? So what would happen if I took the boric acid that we use to kill the roaches and just put some in each capsule and put it back in there? Like those are the kind of things I thought about every day. Like, I mean, it sounds like I, I wouldn't judge you for thinking any of those thoughts. I can't even... Right. I didn't grow up that way, man, and I can't imagine the the. It's so upside down for how you know. I think family is designed, how nature is designed, how how the world is meant to be. To watch your protector or one, you know, a male, especially a male figure, is supposed to be protecting you, supposed to be loving you and protecting your mother, to be doing the exact opposite. Um, man, yeah, that's uh, it sucks, and and that's. You know, sure, I'm sure he has his own issues and his reasons, but that doesn't justify anything. Like, that guy sucks. That's not cool. But you are watching this happen. You're experiencing this just super negative, abusive environment. When you're 13 and you get around, you know, you have the opportunity to to be in a gang and, and to look at this. Looking back now, maybe, maybe not at the moment you realize what was happening, but, you know, you're older now looking back. Do you think it was... Hey, this is going to make me more powerful. I'm going to take some power back. Was it taking control back? Is it having family in a place to belong? Is it having a sense of purpose? Kind of wh what do you think maybe in hindsight, what what's the attractive force? Cuz I'm sure if you could speak this into the youth today, we can yeah. find ways, hey, let me get let, let's get you what you're really looking for hey, hey. instead of the negative experience. What what would you say? So, so for me, growing up with abusive stepfather, you know, we I had a stepbrother, um, and uh, my stepfather would always tell me, "Oh, 
you're never going to amount to nothing. You're going to wind up in jail for the rest of your life. You're going to be dead. You're, you're, you, you know, it was always something negative, always something to put me down. Whereas my friends and my gang, they were like, yo, you're the man, you're cool, you're, you're boss, you know? And, and, and that was more like a family to me, right? Because they were uh, 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 just giving me that love, that kind of, you know, love, like, yeah, you're the man, you're the boss, that's it, baby, come on, you know? And, and, and so that's, that's kind of how kids get, get drawn into this kind of life, right? Because being in a gang is, 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 is a family, right? If you're really in a gang and you're really part of a gang, that's your family. You do anything for each other, always. And it, it's just a code. We do everything for each other. And, and, and that's the um, thing that would draw you into going in, into a gang. Now, maybe if you know I didn't grow up with that crazy domestic violence and, and not someone telling me, oh, you're never gonna do this, you're never gonna be that, you're never gonna do this, then maybe I wouldn't have joined a gang. Right. So but, family's got your back, but in your case, family didn't have your back. Oh, family yeah, was a yeah. destructive source. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. And yeah. it's like, you know, when you look at it, life, no, no matter what the circumstance we're talking about is, what I see is there's always a higher intention or a purpose, right? That's being fulfilled for what, why we're doing it. Whether you're talking about personal habits, like why do you go off and do drugs? Well, you're trying to get something, whether it's control, whether it's escape, whether it, you know, whatever it is, you're trying to get something. So sometimes, you know, if you can find a way to fulfill that need in a healthier way, and you obviously, I'm, I'm going down this track for a reason, you're a walking example of a guy who's done that. You don't need to share any gang stories if you don't want to, um, but what, what, what's the kind of things that you would find yourself doing that you never expected you would do? When you were a kid at eight years old, you know, like I remember when I was a kid, I went to uh, dare at my elementary school, you know, to keep kids off drugs. And I had the shirt and I sang the song and I said, I'll never, ever do drugs. And by the time I'm 15, I was getting high for the first time. And, you know, as a kid, I never expected to go down that road of using drugs, drinking and, and, and having that that pathway that eventually led me to where I am. And I know you have a similar experience. What are some things that you never expected you would find yourself doing? Robbing people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely like from a um, store point blank. What are you doing? Oh, like like sticking people up in the street. Whoa, like, like like running up to people, robbing people, being on a train, you know, with maybe maybe 10, 15 of us, maybe robbing a kid for his phone or whatever he has in his hand, like just real crazy, dumb stuff like that, you know? Um, I mean, we've done so, I mean, just having guns in general, you know, walking around with a gun, you know, going out to, as I got older, but I was still young, I was already going to clubs, you know, cause I could get in cause I would give uh, the bounce. that most, I wouldn't say me that most people wouldn't think, oh, I don't have your voice. Yeah. So, um, you know, just also like, you know, going to clubs at a young age, you know, I could get in because, you know, we would give the bounce of weed and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just everything I did. Uh, um, I, I I would say that's something that maybe I wouldn't. I, I don't even think if I thought myself, I would have never done. Well, I guess, yeah, I, I think for me personally, but it's hard to think that. But for other people, for sure, I could see how someone would say, oh, my God, that's crazy. How, how is that? For me, it's kind of normal. Like if, if someone told me that, yeah, this kid, this 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid, 
uh, got arrested for possession of a weapon, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be like, oh, wow, really? Damn, that sucks. Yeah, you wouldn't be out in the suburbs going, how can this possibly happen? Where did we go wrong, honey? Right, right. It's it's just normal life. So you just find yourself just little by little just doing more and more gang-related activities and it becomes normal. Is, Is there a moment in time when... You know, you do something, witness something, experience something that you you just go, what the heck am I doing? Do you have this wake up moment? Or again, was it was it more of a replacement where you're doing the gang life, but then you found ping pong? Tell me about the the kind of the turning point for you. Yeah. So um, everything that I did when when I was uh, living this gang life, I never, ever one time thought, um, yo, what are you doing? Like, I, I just never, I, I just never, ever crossed my mind. Whatever I was doing, I, I was supposed to do it. And, and it was cool. And, 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 and it was uh, uh, on behalf of, of, of my real family, right? Which is my gang members. So I, I, never, I never thought that. The way that my life changed was I was always an athlete, right? So I was, I was a pretty, I was a really good athlete, actually. Um, I played every sport in school. And the reason why I played every sport was because I needed to be out of the house as much as I could. And the easiest way to get out of the house as much as you can is just join every sport in school, right? Because you have practices in the morning, you have practices um, in, in, in the evening sometimes. And, and I, I just joined every sport. So I was an athlete and I was really good at every sport that I played. So I, I, I started uh, shooting pool and, and this is now I've, I've gotten older. I'm about maybe now the age of like, let's say 17 now, you know, and, and um, I start shooting pool. Like I'm, I'm into pool and stuff now because I'm taking a break from all the other sports. I play volleyball, basketball, tennis, football. And uh, I started shooting pool and um, I went to the pool hall and I, uh, took a pool I, I I didn't steal so this is what happened I went to buy a pool stick right yeah, tell us what really pool. happened come yeah. on <laughs> <laughs> I went I went to buy a pool stick a, a, a cheap one right and um when I was there I saw some other pool sticks that were like on a rock and they were more expensive ones so I bought this pool stick and I thought I would go back the next day return it and try to switch the sticker from the other one so I can have a more expensive pool stick because I thought if I had a more expensive pool stick, that would make me, what, a great player, right? So I went back the next day um, when the guy was, first I said, hey, um, I want to change this pool stick. I, I didn't like the film of it. He, go, he goes, okay, take anyone from the box. But where the box was above was a rack, right? And so what I did was I just went and I changed the stickers and I came back and he didn't know, he didn't notice it. So now I had, you know, in my mind, which was an expensive pool stick. So I go to the pool hall to shoot pool. I feel like I'm powerful now. I got this great pool stick. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm the best. Meanwhile, I wasn't even that good. It's all in my mind. And um, I played somebody, got hustled for some money, got really pissed off, took the pool stick, shattered it right across the table. I didn't mean to break it. I had serious anger issues. So I just slammed it and it shattered. And I saw some Asian kids playing ping pong. It was like two ping pong tables in the pool. So I went up to them and it was more out of being a bully. It, it, it wasn't even that, it wasn't even, put it like this. I hated ping pong. I really hated this sport. They had this sport in my high school. They had it, kids used to play this in the lunchroom. So I'd be coming from football practice, 
coming from, so you do it to get to the, uh, um, the football field, you go through the lunchroom, right? So I'll go through the lunch when we come back in, you, you would see these kids playing ping pong. And I would make fun and say, look at all these kids with short shorts and a stick. Like it was just the most funniest, dumbest sport I've ever seen in my life. So I'd make fun of these guys. So I had no interest to play ping pong when I was at this pool hall. I was just being a bully and looking at something that I didn't like and going there to start a problem. So I, I went up to these kids and I said, hey, I want to get a hit because I was really pissed off that I broke my, I broke my pool stick. So I'm taking it out and I want to get a hit. So, so, so the guy was like, do you play? I was like, no, nah, I don't play this. So I took the racket and out of anger, he hit the ball to me and I smashed it actually at him. Maybe I was trying to hit him for no reason with the ball, but it went on the table. And it was like, oh my God, that's such a great shot. Uh, do you play this sport? And I was like, no, I don't play this. It was like, hey, you should What do you mean try- play this sport? Come on, it's not even a sport. Exactly. exactly. Listen, exactly. That's exactly what was in my head. That's hilarious. And and they were like, you should go to this club. There's a lot of you know top good players. And I said, what? There's a club for this? Like, are you kidding me? What do you mean there's a club? He was like, yeah, there's a club. And I, and I couldn't believe that there was an actual club where people actually played this played this I was like no way and so that was what got me to go to the this this particular ping pong club was because I just couldn't believe there was a ping pong club like I, I couldn't believe it so I had to go really see it and and I went there and there were people really playing like for real like standing from the table back from the table and making these shots and making a lot of noise going yeah oh going crazy and I was like whoa this is nuts Right. And, and, and um, I kind of got a little interested from from that point. And that's how I started to get that little interest in the sport. Dude, this is crazy. So so now you're you're 17. Are you still in gang activity yeah, yeah, at that point? Yeah. OK, so you're you're a gang member. You broke your pool stick. You get interested when you check out the club. Tell me about kind of, again, the inside process for you, man, like. I'm imagining now there's, and again, I'm just seeing it from the outside, right? So it's like, is there now this this potential purpose, this interesting thing, this, hey, I can be good at this? Nope. <laughs> okay, so tell me what happens. Definitely Why did you go not. back a second time? Yeah, I had. I don't, think I, had, <laughs> I don't think I had any interest in being good at that, at ping pong, for sure not. Um, but what happened, so, so let me tell you about my mentality as a kid. I always had to be the boss. Whatever it is that I wanted had to get done. Somebody had to do it. So that's why I did well in school. I did well in school because I just bullied all the kids to doing my work. And I bullied all the kids to making sure that my notes were taken. So even though I was in a gang, I was always responsible. I was always responsible for what I was doing. So I always made sure I got my notes. I made sure I knew the material through other kids in school who were scared to death. So for me being there, I, I, you know, I, I was like, I don't know about this sport, but I realized something, nobody would play with me, right? So even when I did try to get someone to play, they'd be like, oh, I'm tired, and then play with someone else. And then I was like, what? Yo, do these people even know who I am, what I'm capable of? Like, this, what kind of disrespect is going on here? So that was the driving force that made me go back there again, because I'm the kind of person that I want to go where I'm not wanted. If you don't want me there, I'm 100% coming there. 100% coming to terrorize you in your place. 
And that was the whole point of me actually uh, 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 going back there. And then uh, as I went back there, nobody would play with me. Eventually some old guy played with, played, played with me. He was like, I think 70 or uh, late sixties and he would destroy me, right? So remember my mentality. My mentality is first of all, I always got to win. I always got to get it. I always got to do it. And I'm the best at everything. For sure. And meanwhile, this guy who's like 60 is destroying me like badly. Like you can't believe it. I think I was losing like 21, four or three. Like it was the worst. And I'm a seasoned athlete. So at that point I was like, what? There's how, no, there's no way this guy can, this cannot happen. So that got me more interested now because now my ego, first of all, it was my ego from nobody not wanting to play with me, right? And me thinking I'm the boss and I'm the man, you gotta play with me. Then it became my ego from what? This old guy is, I'm a football, basketball, tennis, volleyball star and this guy's beating me in a sport that I don't even like. No, this can't happen. So, so I was already at that point, like interested right then and there. And I was interested because of my ego. Like, there's no way this guy can beat me. There's no way these people can refuse to play with me. So then one day um, this guy walks in and I'm sitting down with no one to play with. And the guy says, hey, do you have a partner? And I was like, no, not, not really. And the guy says, hey, um, I, I'm, I'm in and out of, of the country because he was originally from Israel and he has this import export business and he's always back and forth. He goes, I need a steady partner. Can you play? I said, well, I, I can hit a ball. I mean, I'm not great. I'm just learning, but I can hit. Um, and he goes, well, if you hit with me a few times a week, I'll pay you $20 every time we play. And I was like, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hello. Yes. $20. I was like, whoa, of course. The answer was 100% yes. I didn't care. $20 is a hustle. I had zero money back then. It's $20. And you don't even have to win, right? To, to no, get your 20 bucks, not like pool. Exactly. So I was like, yes, for sure. Let's 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 do this and so i play with this guy you know and and he paid me 20 dollars cash you know and and and, and it would be cool because i i remember you know back then like i didn't really have money like i did a lot of stealing in terms of going to the supermarket stealing stuff like you know drinks and like i, I did a lot of that and i was really good at it i don't think i ever actually i never got yeah i, ne I never got caught i was really good at it but um $20 now. Wow. That, 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 that's a lot of money for, for me. You know, 20 from zero is a lot. And so, how often are you playing with him? Is he coming in? Hey, let's go a couple three, times a week or yeah. Three times a week. So that's $60 a week just Dude. to hit ping pong balls. So the money is what kept me consistent, right? Because if there was no money, I'd be like, screw this guy. Hey, but, how do Wally, how do you translate that today? So if, uh, if I'm trying to get a good habit, if I want to change my lifestyle, right. If I want to do something good for myself or other people, how do you translate what it took you motivation? It sounds like you wanted significance, right? You're like, no one's going to be better than me. It's something I hate. And then you wanted, you got paid. So sometimes maybe, you know, doing the right thing, we don't get paid. Like I want to start working out. I want to cut out donuts. I want to um, volunteer in the city and I'm not getting paid for that. But how would you yeah. translate that motivational factor, man? Oh man. Oh, that's, that's, that's a good question. I think for, for me, because I just had to be the best at everything that I did and I had to be, and people had to respect me. That, that was my motivation, right? Because when, if, let's say, if the first day I went in there 
and people played with me and were friendly to me, I promise you I would have never went back again. One hundred percent. That would have hey, been buddy. The first... Welcome to ping pong club. <laughs> Shut up. I'm exactly. out of here. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, I'm just trying to imagine 100%. the. <laughs> oh my god, man! One hundred percent. I would have been gone. Like, <laughs> sure. There's no way. I, I, I'm like, oh, screw this, right? But because they showed me zero respect, right? Yeah. And, and and I don't know if the word is humbling. If they humbled me, but they put me in a different mindset to where like what people don't respect me. What like they don't care who I am. No, they don't care who you are because they don't even know who you are. Right. So, so that was my motivation to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be here all the time now. You people are gonna know who I am. So, so that was my motivation. But, but in, 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 in terms of other things, you know, as part of this story where, where um, the money was involved, and you know, I think for life, consistency. It's one of the most important things is it's consistency, consistency. I always say this consistency, you know, when you're consistent, it kills fear. Consistency kills fear, right? Fear is what stops us from doing what we really need to do. But when you're consistent in it, it kills the fear. And then once fear is killed, it brings you to higher success. So that's my really um, 100% true belief and the consistency came from this dude paying me. I think if this dude, if he never offered money, it would have been the same thing. I would have went, one, I don't even think I would have went one time. So you didn't want to go three times a week, but because- no, 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 So there's an outside motivating factor called 20 bucks that yes. in a way forces you to show up consistently three times a week. Yes. And you can now progress at something, you're getting better at it. And there's a human nature, man, no matter who the human is, when we, we need to have hope right, for the future. And part of hope is getting better, watching progress. You know, if you're not progressing, you're dying. It's really hard to be motivated and have hope and be inspired if you can't see the progress. I get people ask me all the time, you know, that are procrastinating or, uh, you know, hoarding or, you know, something, right, where they're just like, oh, I can't get motivated to do this thing. It's like, well, how much progress are you actually seeing? Yes, yes. You could drop true. a pound a week on yeah. the scale. That's progress, man. And you're going to get more motivated, yeah? Yes, yes, yes. So yes. you watch that with ping pong. When did you know that, I don't know, I'll say it. When did you know you were special? When did you know that you had the ability to actually compete at a high level? Or when did you desire that? So, Was it after so, you are out of the gangs, before? Actually, Wally, what am I saying? Let's get back to that. You're playing ping pong and you're still gangbanging. What's the... Did you have a moment when you, did you leave in overnight or was that a gradual process? Educate so, me. So, yeah. So, so what happened was, is now I was always open with this dude who was paying me money, right? Because in reality, he was like my boss and I was always on time. That's crazy. I'm never on time for anything, but that $20, I was always on time. Um, and uh, we talked a lot. And I always talked about my gang because that was my family. I never talked about my real family to him. I never talked about the domestic violence that was going on. I always talked about just my gangs and the stuff that we did. And, and I was very open about that I, because I wasn't afraid of anyone and no one could do me nothing. So I, I, can, I can just say whatever I want. And um, for him, it was like TV, right? Because if, if, you don't know, if you don't know anyone who's ever lived that life, you've never been around that life, there's no way you can begin to understand it. It's like TV, it's like a, you know, cops and robbers, it, 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 it's, it's not real, right? So um, 
one day uh, I went to the club to go meet him and uh, a 22 fell in my bag, right? Um, and he saw it. And the look on his face was, uh, I, I still have that look in my brain. I mean, it was the craziest thing because then he realized like everything just hit him at that point. Then he realized like, yo, everything I've been saying is not a joke. It's like for real. And uh, I didn't wait around to hear him say anything. I just said, yeah, I gotta go, I'm out. Because you know, I don't know what he's gonna do. Maybe he's gonna call the cops. I have no idea what he's gonna do and I'm not trying to find out. Sure. So I left and the first thing I thought, you know what it was? Damn, man, there goes my $20. That's all I cared about, it was my $20. Wow. I was like, damn. Like $20, that's all I thought about. And uh, two days later, he gives me a call the, the, the day we were supposed to play. He goes, hey, are we still playing today? And I was like, what? And I thought that was really weird, but guess what? I didn't care. My $20 is back. $20, yes, it's back. <laughs> My $20 is back. Yeah, it's back. So I was like, all right, cool. So I went there and to meet him and, uh, to, and, 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 and to put this in perspective, which was really interesting, right? He never ever ever mentioned about that gun that fell out of my bag never wow. never never it was almost like it didn't exist right so that made me comfortable because if i would have went there and he would have said hey i think i would have never i would have just like ghosted him for sure so he 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 never spoke about that what he said was is hey i want to invite you i, I have a house which is near Hunter Mountain. That's like two and a half hours away from New York City. And my family lives there. And I would invite you to my family's house. And I was like, what? Whoa. But you know what? It's $20. So I, I, I listen, I'm going where the money's at. So I was like, okay. I mean, in reality, I thought it was weird. Like, why would this dude just see me bring a gun, want to invite me, you know, his family. to his house with his family? It's just weird. So I wind up going, he drives me up there, you know, and uh, I get there and sure as you know, his family's there. They got a ping pong table, big house in the middle of the woods, <laughs> in the middle of the woods. There's like nothing there. It's Did one of those trapped. houses that is, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. And, uh, you know, I play with his family and stuff. And um, he, he I, I think the reason he brought me there, and I always say this, is that he wanted to show me what real family is supposed to feel or what it's supposed to look like. And I yeah. think that's why he brought me to his house. So anyway, he's, he's, he says to me that um, I want to help you and I would like to pay for you to go to Germany to learn ping pong. And I was like, what? And the only thing I knew about Germany at the time was Hitler. Sure. So I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And that's how I got out of my circle. And that's how it first started. So you actually, and it's interesting to hear this, like you had a double change of environment. You know, there's something about a kid growing up in the projects in New York City, going two and a half hours away to a house in the woods with a family. You can't have a more different environment than that. And, and the feelings change and the desires change and what's important changes and like, I mean, everything changes in that moment, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, I know in my life when, you know, just, I mean, going camping, right? It's like, you know, you, you take a, a at-risk youth and you're like, hey, let's, and all of a sudden you're on a camping trip. And 
the whole world has changed because you're not in that same, you don't have those same motivating factors. You don't have the same influences. It's not kids at school. It's not, you know, whoever's at home. It's not money. It's not all those things. It's just you and people. So now you get to Germany and man, this is a crazy story. So you're, you're, now you start training, you're, you know, you're playing. And at this point, I'm guessing you're going, Hey, and then there's this, this tournament and then there's another tournament. And all of a sudden you're a ping pong player. Yeah. But there was one change that had to take place that didn't take that, that took a while to take place. Tell me. So the first change is, uh, getting out of that circle. That's, that's, that's the first step, right? Just cold Turkey, leaving everyone and being away, but everyone, or should I say that life is still in me. So there's a mental change that needs to take place, right? Because I'm still this angry kid. Nothing's changed except I'm just not with my gang members and I'm not doing gang stuff, but the mental is still the same. And um, I had a really hard problem for the first, I want to say month and a half, almost two months. I want to say month and a half about I, re- I, had, I, I was struggling a lot because I'm this angry kid and I want to be angry and, and, and I, I want you to give me a reason so I could punch you in the face. Like I'm pushing you to do it. Meanwhile, all these kids who were in Germany were like, oh my God, you're from America. Whoa, you're from New York City. We love you. And I was like, whoa, back up. Like, like I, I couldn't deal with that because that for me, that's not normal. Like that's, that's crazy, you know, and, 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 they have a saying, it's called killing you with kindness. This is 100% a real thing. <laughs> and it is horrible. It is, listen, it's being, horrible. Listen, being killed with kindness, I'd rather someone curse me out, punch me in the face, slap the hell out of me. Being killed with kindness, this burns inside of you. Like it burns because when you want to be angry, right? And you're waiting for him to say something so you could punch him. You're waiting, you're waiting. The, Everything's built up, right? The, the adrenaline, you know, the, the fire is is burning. Yeah. And meanwhile, the kid is like, hey, we love you. It's like, what? Like, really? Like, no, 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 no. You, you can't do that. You, you need to piss me off. Yeah. And so for like a month and a half, I went through this and I was so confused. And I was like, oh my God, man, this is, this is crazy. What the, and that's like, what am I doing here? I hate this place. And, and I, I was just going through all these crazy emotions. And then uh, by like a month and a half, I mean, and I was still doing the practices, right? But I wasn't really there. Like my mind, my body was there going through the motions, but my mind wasn't there. And then by like a month and a half, Something just came to me and said, hey, why are you so angry? You're not in Brooklyn. You're not in the projects. You're not being abused. There's nothing you're left to be again. angry about. Yeah, why Why are you angry? Like, what are you doing? You're in a totally different country with people who are like into you and you're still the boss, idiot. Like, you are still the boss. Like, can't you just get it, right? And I didn't really get that. I was the boss, but the boss of people being super, super, super happy just to know me. Not because I was in a gang and I was gonna protect them and I was gonna have your back no matter what, but just for the fact of me just being me. Yeah, and, you and just then, could be a friend. You're someone they wanna yeah, know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. A wow. friend that didn't have to do anything to gain the friendship. And then I started realizing, I was like, wow, wow, wait a minute. You, you need to wake up, like for real. 
and and I started opening up more. I started being more friendly to to the kids and 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 to the coaches and 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 that right there was the first real change in my life through the sport. Dude, that's amazing. I'm I'm so glad to hear that. And you know, for right from your perspective, that you can, it can change that way. So. Um, as we, I can't believe the time is gone as we wind down here, Wally, um, let's bring kind of a synopsis to like, you know, cause this is in, in tell you the truth. This is a story I want to know. Like, you know, I, I want to hear about North Korea. I'm going to ask about that. But what I really want to know is how does a kid from the projects make the internal decision and change? And it was, what I'm hearing is massive environment change. Yes. You had big challenges. You had a motivating factor of money, uh, significance, but then you had a massive environmental change and, and then killing with kindness. You know, it's like, Hey, punch me in the face. I, I know what's coming there. I can take that kind of pain, but I can't take the pain of having to look at who I've become and why am I this way? And, you know, my wife says often like, you know, going into the, the depths of the emotion, the depth of like who you are that can be the most painful place. I don't want to go there. I want to have a good time in life and to sit down sometimes and just go, why do I do this? You know, like really, why do I act this way? Why do I, why did I get all mad at that? Like, what's the point of that? What's wrong with me? What do I need to change inside me? That's not comfortable to do, but you start cranking it, man. You get out there and you're doing this. So tell me about how the, the North Korea, which is to sum up a bit of a closed off uh, country for most people. A tournament comes up there, or is it a massive international competition? Was it only North Korea? How did you decide I'm going to go there? So, so through uh, my sport, I, I traveled the entire world. You know, every major country. I started learning about different cultures, different people. My mind became open. To, to so many different of different everything and and um I, I I was on a road to just doing big things like you know I had done Steve Harvey show I'd done Good Day in New York and all these other shows and stuff and I was like what can I do big this year I, I want to do something big I don't know what it is what can I do it was in my mind I look online which is the ITTF International Table Tennis Federation we can see all our tournaments the year ahead and, and, and all the world competitions, right? Uh, we choose the ones that we wanna play and the ones that we wanna play, we just don't go. Um, and I saw North Korea and I was like, oh my God, North Korea, Dennis Rodman just came back from North Korea. I wanna go there. I, I really wanna, because I wanna make a difference. I, 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 I follow that whole North Korea thing where you know, they were thinking that we're the devil, we're evil, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, you know what? I want to make a difference. You I can impact do- that culture. Yes. And I want to do a diplomacy for world peace because there's a very big historical moment that a lot of people don't know about in American history. 1971, President Nixon. It's called the ping pong diplomacy. Look it up. It is when America established relations with China through ping pong. Hence, you got the movie Forrest Gump, which I love. Right. So that that was the whole homage in Forrest Gump, which I never picked up on when I was watching that as a kid. Exactly. So I was like, oh, my God, I want to do my own ping. I want to do my very own ping pong diplomacy to North Korea. 
So I saw this competition. I called, I called the US team up because you can't enter yourself into any pro tour. The US team has to enter you into every tournament. And I says, hey, I wanna go to North Korea. I just saw that there's a tournament. It, it's listed as ITTF pro tour. I wanna go. And they were like, well, I don't know. No, no, I, I'm not asking. I, I, you just make the accreditation for me. That's the paperwork. You just take care of that. And I will do everything else. I want to go. So wow. they so they did that. I tried to get people from US team. Nobody wanted to go. I called friends from all over the world. I said, hey, I'm going to North Korea to play this tournament. I want to do diplomacy for world peace. No one would go. Every single person said no. Not only did they say no, they said, oh my God, you're going to die there. You're not going to come back. They're going to kill you, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, if none of you want to go, I'm going to go by myself. So that's what I did. I, I set out to go alone. And I did that. You know, I contacted the secretary general. Come uh, on. Contacted me. I was in contact with him through email. I went to Beijing. China to get my visa. And then before you know it, I'm in North Korea. Dude, that's absolutely incredible. So, hey, Wally, as uh, I want to make sure we get time for this too. Tell me about um, in New York, you start your own club. Is this something that you began dreaming and seeing happen or did it fall into your lap? Um, tell me about, and let's plug that too, right? If you're in the New York area or you can come by, um, you got the New York's premier social club for ping pong. It's a bar restaurant. Um, and you give lessons. I know this is really cool, especially coming out of the pandemic here. You give lessons to frontline workers for free. Um, talk to me about who should come there and what is this, what's the dream and vision you've created for this club? So, so, um, I'm a co-founder of this club, right. And there's some other guys and, um, the way this happened, I mean, all of this happened is weird because everything in my life happened through ping pong. Everything I've ever done is somehow related to ping pong. And the quick story of how I met these guys, they were filmmakers at the time. I was at a tournament, right, and, and, and in America, and somebody was pissing me off, the coach was someone, and I yelled out to him, I said, listen, if you don't shut the F up, I'm going to punch you in the face for 10 minutes. And so these guys heard it, and they thought it was funny, and they came up to me and says, hey, we have a loft apartment with a ping pong table in it. You should come hang out with us. And so I wind up going there, hanging out with them. And then uh, almost every day, practically living there. And then uh, we created a party called Naked Ping Pong. I'm skipping a lot of it, but we created this party called Naked Ping Pong. And Naked Ping Pong was a state of mind. It wasn't that you were actually naked, but your mind is naked and being free and living life. So we started this party with just friends. The party got bigger. We got sponsors, Red Bull, uh, vodka companies, beer companies, to where we were taking our party to different places. Like we hosted a Super Bowl party in Arizona when it was in Arizona years ago, um, like halftime uh, basketball game shows, like so many different places. And our party got really big to where we had like a line going out of the apartment, stuff like that. That's how we met Susan Sarandon. So that's how Susan Sarandon's involved in 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 our business and um we just wanted to take the sport and make it fun for everyone that that was the point of this take ping pong which is something that everyone has seen everyone has played and make it fun make it a party so we turn the sport of ping pong into a party right so you know we have a bar we have a vip room you know 
uh, uh, great food, amazing drinks. You know, we 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 um have amazing events. We do crazy charity events. It's become and, a place to be. It's like people. Yes, yes. One, I want to go there. I want to be there. I want to be amongst this. Yeah, like lots of celebrities have been there. I don't know if you saw the Prince and Jimmy Fallon. If you see Prince, was that? was at my club playing ping pong against Jimmy Fallon. It's, what? it's online. Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't see that. And, I'm not on TikTok. A, yeah, Google is very funny. And it's a funny story because Prince called Jimmy Fallon and was like, hey, let's play ping pong. And Jimmy Fallon was like, oh my God, I got to go play Prince. Well, you know, he just left what he was doing. After Prince beat him, Jimmy Fallon went to pick up the ball and Prince was gone. <laughs> just left. Just check it out. It's It's... It's online. Jimmy Fallon talks picks about it up. It. Prince is just disappeared. Yo, just gone, way. gone. And and so we, we we get a lot of very cool, interesting people, man. And and over ping pong because it's just a fun way to come together with an activity and just enjoy and and, and feel free. Dude, that's amazing. Well, hey, the the club in New York City is called Spin, New York's premier ping pong social club, bar, restaurant. Show up there. You might just see Prince playing Jimmy Fallon. You might see Susan Sarandon playing. Or you might see a gang member uh, learning how to, uh, I don't know, be loved and, and, and be social and starting to reevaluate life. You might get any one of those things uh, at Spin in New York. My guest is, again today is Wally Green. You can follow him at Wally Green NYC on Instagram, on Facebook, and Wally Green NYC underscore on TikTok. He's doing some really cool TikTok stuff out there. Wally, you left uh, everyone with one thing for the next generation. What you've learned and how ping pong saved your life here, what do you want the younger generation to believe, to know, to decide? What would you tell them? Oh, man. I I have two very important things for that. Uh, the first thing is that change is always possible. It's it's 100% always possible. When you think you can't change, you really can. You, you, you really can. Everyone can do it. That's the first thing. The second thing that I want to say in terms of reaching to wherever it is you want to be, it's all through my life from playing, you know, professional you know, to having a business, it's, it's, it's all about the kind of goals that we make in our lives, right? We, we have to make goals that make sense. I think it's so important to say this. It, you need to make goals that make sense. And if it takes 1,000 little goals to get to that big goal, that's what you do. So I just want to leave people with that. Very, that, that's awesome. Yes. Wally, dude, thanks so much for coming on and, and having the time today. I appreciate you, brother. Really good to get to know you. Um, keep getting ping-ponged out. Um, so, like, we could see you in New York City at Spin, just, just yeah, playing yeah, ping-pong. Yep, You'll be there yep. if you're not on tour. <laughs> playing, playing with my cell phone. So I'm ready for anyone <laughs> who wants to play, take a match, come play me. Dude, all right. You heard it here. If you want to play Wally Green, one of the world's most premier ping pong uh, pros, head over to Spin in New York City. Thanks, Wally. I appreciate you, brother. All right, thank you very much. Appreciate you. Man, that was an awesome show. Hey, I hope you enjoyed uh, my friend Wally Green, celebrity ping pong player and diplomacy 
uh, advocate, bringing peace to the world literally through ping pong, just like Forrest Gump. This is awesome. So hey, um, whether ping pong's for you or not, take the lessons, bring this into your business, bring this into your life. If you have, uh, especially someone younger in your life, or maybe it's you, you're listening to this and, and you're like, what's next? I feel like I'm stuck. Listen, progress gets you unstuck. Finding purpose gets you unstuck. It's not about motivation. I always say this, it's not about motivation, it's about vision. Um, so get some vision in your life. Find someone like a Wally somewhere who can believe in you just like he had. We all need someone in our life. All right, that's, uh, that's our diplomacy for this week with a driven entrepreneur. Awesome. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for being out there, man. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. Love you. And I'll see you next week with another Driven Entrepreneur. Hey, make sure you get back episodes on demand. They're all free, no paywall. You can go over to mattbroningpodcast.com and you can get any of our almost 300 back episodes uh, going on four years with this show. A lot of fun. Check some good ones out and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.